morning. Good to see each one of you this morning. So glad you're here. You know, God is glad to receive our praise. And uh, we really appreciate the uh, worship team uh, as they uh, usher us into God's presence in song where we can praise the Lord. I'd like to invite you to close your eyes and uh, bow your heart this morning. And I just want to invite us to prepare ourselves for a fresh word from God. Is there anything that you brought with you this morning? And everything's important. But anything that you brought with you that you just need to entrust to God right now so that you're not preoccupied with anything but open to a fresh word that God may want to speak to you through his Holy Spirit. Because God loves his children. He loves you. And he wants our attention so that he can speak to us. So that he can take his word, which is infallible, which always is able to bring life and which meets us at the point of our need. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, would take that word and lift him up so that in his presence we could experience his transforming power and grace. Or does Elisha discovered? You don't always speak in the whirlwind. You don't always speak in stuff that slams us. Speak to a still, small voice. Speak to us this day. That Holy Spirit, as you draw us to yourself, we might have the power and the truth and the grace to respond to your word. Not only with our heart, but in our actions. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week I shared about uh, spiritual parenting, and I want to read the same scripture. It's from 
2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. It's an intriguing story. Talk about ways that God may want to get your attention, right? Uh, It's when you're trying to chop a tree down and the access falls in the river. And that is the moment that God wanted to get the uh, attention of this young prophet who was in the prophet school that Elisha had started. And they went down to the river, not to pray, but they went down to the river with their axes to chop down the trees so they would have the poles to build the bigger school so that the, uh, the prophecy of God might uh, go throughout the nation. While they're doing that, this young wannabe prophet had his axe head fall off. Hear the word of the Lord. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole, and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, Go. Then one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, Elisha said. Then the man reached out his hand and he took it. What does this have to do with spiritual parenting, spiritual fathering and mothering? And I talked about that last week that uh, Mark Hamby says a spiritual father or mother is not necessarily the one who birthed you into the kingdom. Instead, he is the one who rescues you from the doorstop of your abandonment and receives you into his house, gives you a name, and makes you his own. I'm sure we've heard the story many times that Elijah was on Mount Carmel and accepted the challenge of the prophets of Baal. So God won that challenge, and then Elijah Elijah took down all the prophets of Baal. And that should have been enough to put him on a spiritual high, but it wasn't. So he finds himself under a... uh, A broom tree, the Bible says. He finds himself under the broom tree, which is a juniper tree. They're one and the same thing. They grow to be about 10 feet tall, and they have flowers on them, and they kind of go over over like this, kind of like a a big sunflower is is what I picture. And there's Elisha under there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what am I going to do now? And he's sad, and he's depressed. And it's there that God reaches him. 
but it wasn't a great symphony of amazing grace or some of the great songs that we sang today. God simply said to him, you want to get out of your depression? Go find a son. Go find a son or a daughter that you can spiritually parent. And I'll meet you right there. See, I find this to be right in line with Lebanon's mission and vision statements. Do you? We want to go and make disciples. What does that look like? What that looks like is we're an outpost where God trains us and sends us out, and He sends us out to people like Elisha who need to be spiritually parented. And can you imagine if all of the believers throughout the earth would just all go out and find one person to spiritually parent? Can you imagine what would happen? I can. I can. Revival would not even touch it. We talk about revival. But it would be God's presence flourishing on the face of the earth in a way that we haven't seen it for a long time. So here's this discouraged, spiritually depressed man who had just slaughtered all the prophets. Baal. And he said, how often do we in our spiritual lives go up and down, up and down, high? I call it bipolar spirituality. And I'm not making fun of people who have, are, are bipolar. I'm just saying, that's kind, of, that's kind of what it feels like. So God said to him, go find a son. And he found the son. God led him to that son. And that son's name was Elisha. And what was Elisha doing? He was out plowing the field. And God said, Elisha, I'm giving Elijah to you, and he's going to spiritually parent you. I'm going to use you. And a hundred times fold of what Elijah, Elijah did, Elisha is going to do. That's what he said to Elijah. Just lay your hand on that kid. So what did Elisha do? He went back. And he got rid of all of the things that would stand in the way of him being able to respond and be spiritually parented. He killed the oxen. Had a party, I guess. And then he came. And he's ready to be spiritually parented by Elijah. And then Elisha takes over. And this happens. (laughs) The kid's axe head falls into the river. And God uses every opportunity to spiritually parent. So Elisha takes the stick. He throws it in. The axe head comes up. And the kid's all upset. Not that the axe head got lost, but because of what? It was borrowed! He couldn't give it back to the guy if it didn't come up. It was borrowed. And we're going to find out today that we have a borrowed anointing. Our borrowed anointing is from God. 
His power, His grace, His truth are all borrowed through Jesus Christ in our lives. None of us have that in our own strength and in our own power. So I want to tell you a story. It's a story of a young lumberjack who was eager to make a name for himself in camp. So the first day he's out there and he's got his axe, man, he's got his big muscles and he's swinging that axe and he comes out there and he says to all of the uh, mature lumberjacks, I'm going to put down more trees today than any lumberjack has ever put down in history. And he's out there chopping and chopping and chopping and chopping and chopping. He comes in and he says, I got five. And the captain of the lumberjack says, well, that's probably a record for a rookie, but the average around here is 10. Well, the man was encouraged as he went to bed because he was halfway to the average already. And he slept well and he got up and he went into the woods and he started swinging with enthusiasm. And he thought he'd work through lunch. He didn't even want to stop. He'd pick up a couple of extra, maybe two, three extra trees. He worked hard that day. But when he came in, he was quite discouraged because only three trees did he chop down that day. So he's coming in, he's sloughing a little slower into camp. And yet he gave himself a pep talk and he said all the way back to himself, he said, ah, tomorrow's going to be better. Tomorrow's going to be better. He said, tomorrow I will rise earlier and I will work harder and I will clear that whole section by lunch and I'll stay an hour later and I'll put more energy and effort into it tomorrow and I'll fell the trees. So he goes out the next day, two trees. He only cuts down two trees. Can you imagine how discouraged he was? And for the next four or five days, it was like that. One tree, two trees, one tree, two trees, one tree. He came in and he decided, I'm going to swallow my pride. So he goes over to the lumberjacks, and they're around a fire. They met there every night, and he sat down with them. And he began to warm himself by the fire. And he said, you guys are going to have to help me. I'm discouraged. I want to be the best lumberjack in camp. I'm willing to work hard, stay longer. But something is wrong. Something's happening. I've got a problem. The trees are not coming down as fast as I believe they should. And one of the lumber, veteran lumberjacks came over to him after listening to his story. And he leaned closer to the fire and he asked the rookie, have you been taking the time to sharpen your axe? And the rookie fell back and said, no, I didn't want to take time to sharpen my axe. My axe head because I had so much work to do. I think there's a spiritual application for us here this morning that God would like to lean forward to us spiritual parents. Spiritual parents. Have you been sharpening 
your axe head. You see, if we've lost our axe head, or if our axe head has become dull, the work that God gives us becomes extremely difficult. You can tell when you've lost your axe head spiritually. You can tell. You become more lethargic in worship. You become more anxious. You become more leery of what God can do. And you kind of roll or coast along in your life. It's not as much fun to be a Christian. You don't look forward to your prayer life and you'd rather have somebody else pray. You don't look forward to opening God's Word anymore. And you're not excited to see what God has for you. You've lost that zealousness. You've lost the passion and the earnestness that the Holy Spirit brings to your Christian living. I'm convinced that when we lose our axe head or it becomes dull in our spiritual life, it's at that moment that we begin to lose the joy with our walk with God. Something valuable that was entrusted to that young man when he went out and started hitting the pole, something valuable that belonged became lost or broken. The gospel becomes lost. It becomes broken. It becomes shattered. It becomes secondary. When our axe head ceases to be sharp, And as a result, our walk with God. They did an interesting study at a Northwest University not so long ago. They brought in lumberjacks, and instead of having them use the sharpened side, they had them use the blunt side. It was a study, so they just hit the trees with the blunt side over and over again. And they paid them twice as much money to swing the blunt side against the wood for as long as they wanted to work and earn money. And the lumberjacks began to swing the axe. The head, bump, 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 thud it on the side of the wood, and not much was happening. After half a day, every one of the lumberjacks quit. And they handed survey sheets out, asking them questions. And one of the lumberjacks was last to leave at noon. Remember that they were paying them twice as much money, and he shook his head. And he said, this is no fun. When I swing the axe, I have to see the chip block. For how many of us, 
How many of us has it been a long time since we've seen the chips fly? Since we've had that passion. I talked to many people throughout my ministry whose axe they failed to sharpen the axe head and they keep swinging the axe on the tree uh, uh, out of their own effort. So there are four simple observations that I'd like to make from this story. Oh, I want to say one of the things that I see happening is that people slam the axe head into the tree and they think that it's it's the tree or they think that it's other people that's so they so they leave the woods there and they go to another woods right you can infer church there they leave the one church go to the other church and they start swinging and you know right away the music's different they feel a little peppier after about you know after a little while they're right back to where they were before swinging the axe head not seeing any chips fly and blaming it on whatever people blame it on. Four simple observations in this story. The axe head was borrowed. It was not the young man's axe head who was using it. He says, alas, my master, it was borrowed. As spiritual parents, God gives us an anointing. There is an anointing. And with that anointing carries whatever we need as we are going forth and sharing the gospel with people. We're anointed. But it's always a borrowed anointing. I don't have an anointing within me. It's God's anointing. What's the anointing? It's the passion of God. It's the power of God. It's the gospel that God has given us to witness and testify to what Christ has done. That the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. What we have that makes us effective in any ministry is a borrowed power from God. Now, I have to confess that throughout my ministry, I have forgotten about this many times. I've come to believe that there's something innate within me that is so special that I've got it, that I can do this. And then I go out and turn the axe around and start chopping, baby. Come on, look at this. Come on, what are God's going to do? And nothing happens. Absolutely nothing happens. And then I realize, oh, I've been, I've been chopping with the wrong end. Get the axe sharpened. It's a borrowed axe head. So then I say, God, I can't do this. I've got no power. It's got to be you. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, God is working. And I don't even have to go out and look for people that God is speaking to. I just listen. I just listen. Oh, 
God is speaking here. God is working in that person's life. Because unless the Lord plants that seed in the person's life and the Holy Spirit fans the flame, everything I do is like hitting with a dull part of the axe. You do not work this power up by taking the Dale Carnegie training course. You do not work this power up by psyching yourself up, saying, come on, this is a God-anointed divine power that only comes as a gift of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit enters us, and our axe heads are sharp. We always recognize that the axe head is the Holy Spirit using the power and the grace and the truth of God as a gift of God. One of the uh, scriptures that I really enjoy is uh, Zechariah 4.6, and I, I try to remember that uh, God said to Zechariah, Zechariah, it's not by might, it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. That's the difference. That's the cutting edge. That is the sharpened anointing of God that God puts in our hearts, as we always remember that the anointing is, is borrowed. It's not something that we obtain by ourselves. It's not something that we create out of our own energy. It is sovereignly, divinely, anointedly offered to each of us. It is God's divine gift. It is a blessing from God's hand on our lives, it is borrowed power. God looked at Zechariah, and Zechariah was tired from building the temple, and God was saying, Zechariah, your arms are not strong enough to build that temple. Your mind is not wise enough to build that temple. Your spirit is not courageous and hardy enough to build that temple. Your plans are not good enough to build that temple. Your skills are not top enough to build that temple. If it happens, it's going to happen because I give you the power to make it happen. It's a borrowed power. The second observation that I'd like to make is the axe head was lost. It was lost. While he was working, while he was doing something good, while he was busy, we find in verse 5, the axe head slipped off the handle and fell into the water and was lost. Now you might be asking yourself the question, how in the world do we lose the spiritual axe head the spiritual anointing in our walk with God. How do we lose that? Would it be possible that there might be some people here today who have lost the axe head because it has fallen into the water of worldliness? 
into the creek of criticism, into the ponds of prayerlessness, into the river of ritual, into the streams of secularism, into the swamp of self-gratification. I've lost my axe heads numerous times over my Christian life and ministry. I've lost it. I have encountered people just this week. I encountered two pastors who were pastors. And something happened that they lost their spiritual axe heads. Well, if you've lost your spiritual axe head, where is it? It's right where you lost it. It's right where you lost it. I've lost my spiritual axe head because of my expectations. I have expectations, and then people in the congregation wouldn't come forward and fulfill those expectations. And I lost my spiritual axe head. And I said, okay, Bruce Hankey, you can do anything. You get out there and you do it. And I did that. I did that. I lost my spiritual axe head when I looked to other people for approval. I lost my spiritual axe head because I went to some place other than what God wanted me to go to, right? And I keep looking and I hit it against the tree and I keep looking and I, I look for approval and I hit it against the tree. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like Elijah. <laughs> Am I the only one in this church that cares? Am I the only one that really is following God? How many of you have been there? Well, I've been there. I've been there. And, and then it would take me months before I finally figured out, Bruce, the axe head is borrowed. It's not your axe head. Stop hitting the other side of the axe head on that tree. Because there's no chips flying. So what do I do when there's no chips flying? I make up criteria where I say, isn't God working? And I make up other criteria. Oh, we had so many people at that a fellowship meal. Hallelujah. That's not a chip. I've learned that's not a chip. A chip is when I see someone who is so at the end of their rope and only God can reach them and God reaches them and their heart begins to change. Brothers and sisters, that's a chip because only by the power of God can that happen. Not by Bruce Hankey's power. Not by your power. And I'm here to tell you, I'm longing for the day when I see outside of the church, I see the chips flying all over the place. And I see picking up, people picking up their sharpened axe heads by the power of God, borrowing that power and going out there to spiritually parent a lost world. 
People in this world, if they have a worldly heart, they're lost. And they don't know how to get there. They have no idea. And believe me when I say that it takes a long time sometimes of walking alongside of people, watching them mess up, screw up, watching them high, low, watching them give up and just keep going. Why? Because it ain't, it ain't my ha- axe head. It's God. God's the one that sharpens the axe head. I'm, coming, I'm waiting for the anointing of God upon that person's life, and I want to be there. It, it's, it takes, takes focus, commitment, energy, and a trust that God is the one who's going to do it. So what I find is I am regularly going to God and saying, God, I need a fresh anointing. I need a fresh anointing. I need, I, I need to see some chips fly, and you're the only one who can do it. A long time ago, I decided to stop praying, God bless what I'm doing, and start praying, God help me to do what you're blessing. And that has made a significant difference in my life. The third observation is that the axe head was found where it was lost. He came to Elisha and he asked him to help him find the axe head. And Elisha's question is, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut the stick, threw it right at the place where he said it went in, and the iron floated right up. The axe head found was found exactly where it was lost. I find that spiritually, people in their walk with God know exactly where they lost the axe head. They know exactly when they began to feel that sharpened edge, losing that sharpened edge, that that deep relationship with God. For some of us, it might mean going back to the prayer closet, resuming daily times with God, getting into the Word. For some of us, it might be going and reconciling with a person. It might be reconciling a relationship or a wrong that we did or that was done to us. It might be going to that place where we began to judge God based on our emotions or our experience. It might be going right to that place. The question is, where did you lose it? Where did you lose it? When did you lose it? Go to that exact place. And that is where it will be. The prodigal son, where did he go to find his axe head? He went right back to where he left it. At home. When he walked away, 
That's where he went to find his axe head. And then the last observation is, an axe head must personally be retrieved. I can't pick up your axe head for you. You can't pick mine up. Only you can retrieve the axe head. Elisha said to the young prophet, take it up for yourself. He put out his hand and he took it. Now if Elisha said to that young man, young man, I cannot pick that axe head up for you. You have to pick it up. Because if I could pick up the axe head for you and give you the spiritual effectiveness of God's power, man, I would run around and I'd put it in your hand and I'd put my arms up and put your arms around it and I'd give you all the axe heads. But I can't. The prophet said, go out on the water and take it up for yourself. And the good news is we can have that power back. God will sharpen the anointing that he has given us and that he continues to desire to give us if we wade out into the water and pick up that axe head for ourselves. I believe the Lord is saying today through this scripture, pick up your axe heads. There's spiritual parenting to do on the face of the earth. I do believe that that is the way that God is working. I drove yesterday through Waynesboro and Stewart's Draft. Uh, I took trash to the dump, and sometimes I just drive and I just pray. I just pray for people. I, I pray for things. And what I noticed was something that I would have lamented uh, a number of years ago. I noticed more churches than I've ever seen. Little churches, tiny churches. And I know there's churches in houses, right? So what's the best way to spiritually parent? On a Sunday morning here in church? I don't think so. The best way to spiritually parent is where the axe heads fall for people. Because you've got to go with them to that place. To invite them into a relationship. So I saw a number of churches, especially in Stewart's Draft. Stewart's Draft has five new churches in the last six months. Five. Two of them were about to die, and some people came along that God sent, and they began to resurrect it. I ran into them a couple of weeks ago, so I admit I drove by, and I wanted to just kind of check it out, see what's going on. There's big signs out in the front. One of them's having a vacation Bible school. Right? Spiritual parenting. Because it's going to take, I'm convinced. I'm absolutely convinced of it. It is going to take a multiplication of churches. Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. You go out and you spiritually parent two people. That's the church, brothers. That's the church. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced that we need to sharpen our anointings and invite God 
to sharpen our axe heads so that we can begin to spiritually parent a lost, desperate generation. So I would invite us to pray this morning and to think of it this way. Would you, as you pray this morning, wade into your Jordan? Where is that? Where would that be? Just wade into your Jordan. Pick up the axe head. If if you don't know where the axe head is, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to show you. Because you've got to go after that axe head. Pick up God's power. It's a borrowed axe head. It's a borrowed anointing. We are not going to go out and do God's work in the flesh. It is not going to happen. It only happens in the power of the Holy Spirit. Pick up your axe head. Let's pray.